Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. verses 1 through 4. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Sing to God how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Shall we stand together for this first one and then we can sit for the next few. How about we do that?
Thank you. 
to share with you this morning. Uh, you know, during last Sunday's virtual Christmas service, staff shared with us their favorite Christmas gifts. And if you watched it, you would recall these gifts included encyclopedias. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and a banjo, <laughs> just to name a few. But quite a few people included uh, people, you know, children, grandchildren, a sister, and even a spouse. And I don't know about you, but this got me thinking about, you know, my favorite Christmas gift that I received. And while I can remember fondly being very excited when my sister and I got the Barbie Dreamhouse and the hard-to-get Cabbage Patch Kid, which kind of tells you my age. <laughs> but they don't come to mind as being my favorite. But there, there isn't really one gift that stands out for me. But instead, I recall one distinct year as an adult uh, when my mom gave me gifts that were just absolutely perfect for me. They were special because it was the thought that she put into them. And I don't even remember what exactly they were, because that's not what was important. And I remember thinking in that moment, wow, she really knows me. And I don't even remember, you know, it was more about being seen and loved by my mom. And it just happened to be the last Christmas I had with her. And maybe that's why it stands out. But her seeing me was the gift. And it turned out to be such a precious gift from God. Because while I didn't see the future that lied ahead, you know, God knew. And God saw me and loved me. And he knew what I needed. And this isn't meant to be a sad story, because it's not. It's actually a story of God's grace and love and faithfulness. And his grace, love, and faithfulness that is a gift for all of us. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness.
both wanted to give the rest of the worship teams a break um, this morning. A much well-deserved break, but I'll tell you what, Julie Campbell, your voice is like an angel. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year to our family and friends online. 2023. Woo. Woo. Wow. Yeah, how did that happen, right? Blink. And it's 2023. Wow. Let me pray before the ushers pass out the offering buckets. Wow, Lord, thank you. We thank you for 2022. Lord, even with all of its challenges and disappointments and sadness, Lord, there were times of joy and delight and laughter. And we thank you for all of it, Lord. And we look forward to 2023 and what you're going to be doing in each of our individual lives and what we're going to, you're going to be doing in the lives of all of us together as a congregation of how we can deepen our walk with you and deepen our relationships with each other and how we can take what we have here at Hosanna out into a world that is longing for hope and peace. Lord, we thank you today that you truly are great and how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can pass the offering buckets. Just a couple of announcements for you this morning. A new adult class is going to be starting next Sunday morning after the service, online and in person. And it's going to be taught by Jeff and Tasha Byerly, um, our Shoots and Ladders friends who gave us the message. Yes. And I love this description. Let me read it to you. Is it possible to be too zealous for God? If you're seeking to follow Jesus with everything you've got, or if you wonder what happened to the Jesus who offers rest to the weary and an easier yoke to the overloaded, then we're going to journey together to discover that Jesus still offer, his offer still stands, even for accidental Pharisees. Hmm. Accidental Pharisees, that sounds pretty interesting, doesn't it? So join Jeff and Tasha next Sunday morning, immediately following our service. We're going to be meeting, doing something different. We're going to be meeting in the blue framed classroom. And that's out here to my left and down the hall, and you'll see the blue framed door. We're going to have round tables set up in there, so that'll be something to look forward to. And also today, we're ringing in the new year with a potluck. Um, we're going to share whatever we have this morning. I know we have pickled red beet eggs and red beets, courtesy of Tony. Yes, don't be shocked that Tony actually brought pickled beets, and, and he, li he likes them. So, yes, I know we have some vegetable soup. I know we have a cake. I know we have some vegetables and dip, and that's about all I know. So join us, and we'll s What, Mike? Pork and sauerkraut? We have some of that? I don't know if we have pork and sauerkraut or not. We'll just have to wait and see, Mike, right? Okay. And we're going to be doing something a little different this year for our Change for Change offering. And I'm going to invite Tony up to tell us all about it. 
Yes, a little reboot of Change for Change. Now, for those of you that may not be remembering this, we started Change for Change a few years ago. And the idea is to do something similar to what maybe your financial advisor would tell you to do, that a little bit of money put aside every month over time with compound interest grows into something big and could do something bigger than we can imagine. So we just said, well, what would happen if we would just kind of empty out our pockets of change and put them in the, the thing and then send it to help somebody who's in need? And that's the, that's the genesis. That's where we started with Change for Change. We're going to do a different project every month this year. So we're going to keep this thing moving a little bit and um, whatever's there at the end of the month we'll send off to whoever it is that, uh, that uh, we've designated the project for and we may circle back to them again in a, you know, in a few months or something like that. So that's the plan. Uh, I did some math. You guys don't want to hear math, do you? <laughs> if a hundred people found three dollars worth of change on average we could end up with like 16,000 bucks at the end of the year without even trying. If it was like $5 each, we'd end up with 25,000. You know, if we wanted to raise $25,000, we'd have to have a campaign. <laughs> but here we, in our pockets, we probably got it. You know, it just, uh, it just helped, helped, helps to, to, to help somebody else out. Some of these projects will be persons in need that we know of. Some will be ministries that are taking care of persons in need. So our project for January is Blessings of Hope, which we have supported before, but to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about, so I looked them up this week since Deb asked me to do the announcement. These guys are awesome. They're based in Leola, a couple of Amish brothers. I don't know how they get the website and the whole thing, but uh, they, they collect uh, donations from corporations, from food businesses, and package them in boxes and distribute them to people we need, who, who need food. Whether there's a disaster relief or some ongoing need, 65,000 meals every, I don't have my notes in front of me, week or day or something like that. It's an incredible amount that they distribute. And um, because of all the donations, $9.90 um, a box is what it costs them to be able to do that. And that's what we want to help support. Now, they that box... Volunteers. They take volunteers for help. They need the volunteers, yes. Thank you, Rayob. So that, that box will feed like a family of four for several days. It'll cost like 100 bucks in a grocery store, but Blessings of Hope will give it to them and for $9.90. So if we can help support that and, and feed some families, I know they're still doing some disaster relief in Kentucky and some other things like that. Uh, that'll be January. So we'll hear more about that. Probably remind you next week with something a little bit more official, but there's where we, what we have. Okay, let's watch this video. How do we celebrate New Year's? By staying up all night long. And we get sparkling cider. Some people stay up till midnight. I fell asleep a lot. What happens at midnight? The ball in New York City drops. Everybody's happy. You celebrate. It's weird when we have to um, K-I-S-S kiss. <laughs> Gross. What are your New Year's resolutions? Have sweets all the time. A backflip. Change my name to Sparkly. Every week, a movie night, a game night, and a Gilligan's Island night. Have lots of time with my grandparents. I would like to try wasabi. I like to get a unicorn and bunnies. What's the thing you want to do most with your life? 
want to be an NFL kicker, be the best cellist in the world, and be the best Lego builder in the world. Going to all the continents. A missionary. And when I ride a deer. Pharmaceutical rep, because that's what my dad does. Have like cool bedroom with like cool posters and a hot tub and a ladder my closet and have like a secret lab. I want to get married to Kian. It would be a pony wedding with lots of ponies and have twin girls, Maddie and Madison. Why is it not good to give up? Then you'll never achieve what you could. Even if you have some rough times, you don't give up. You keep going. Someday you will get it. Don't ever say you can't get it. If you give up, you might be missing out because one day you will get it. And it will be really awesome when you do. How can you help someone to not give up? Encouraging them. Giving them advices for stuff. Saying, you're doing a good job. Um, I like to hug people and kiss them. And I'll give him a toy. Then I'll say, I'll be your best friend. So come on, um, since I can do it, then, I'll, then, then I will teach you how to do it. Why does God change us? Because he loves us. He loves us so much. He knows that we need to be changed sometimes. And he wants us to have a better life. He doesn't want us to be lost. He wants us to come home to him. How does God change us? Puts all the good things in our hearts. He changes us by giving us something to believe in. Why is it important to give someone a second chance? When you're giving someone a second chance, you're trusting them and believing in them. So that we're like not caught up on something that we've done and can't really move on. To have a new beginning. What would you tell someone who didn't believe God could change them? That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he can change you because he's Jesus. Keep praying and he will change you. You will feel it. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Isn't it nice to kind of drink in some of the optimism of children? Mm -hmm. We get jaded after a while. It's like, oh, here's here's another new year. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Last night, I'm like, 2023? I'm still trying to learn to write 2002 on my checks, you know? I'm 20 years behind. (laughs) I'm not going to catch up. Anyway, what those kids are describing there at the end of that video, when all the stuff about God changing us, they don't use the word, but what they're describing there is gospel which, of course, had been our theme all the way through 2022. So we're only 10 hours now into 2023. So if you'll forgive us, we're going just a little bit past that. Maybe it's okay if we use our time together today to look back on the year and reflect a bit on gospel. Look back on our year together individually, but also what God has done for us in terms of gospel. Not only what it means but how we've been able to live it out in our own lives. So I'm going to give you a heads up right now. We're going to invite some participation. We'll have a roving mic here in a, in a little bit and give yeah. you the opportunity to reflect yourself. Yep. Last January, when we began this theme, I went back and looked at our message, the introductory, the introductory message for this scene last January, and um, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what we did. We tried to define and describe 
what we mean by the word gospel. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the difference between the gospel, which is the very good news that we just celebrated last, last week when it was two degrees and now it's 60-something. <laughs> yeah, okay. But the, the gospel is the very good news we celebrated last week at Christmas about how God became human in a baby named Jesus who grew into an adult and lived, died, and was resurrected to free us from the bondage of sin and death and to unite us once again with the God who created us and loves us with an everlasting love. This is what uh, the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote to the Corinthian Christians. He said, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. And I think we talked about sozo last week or the week before. Sozo, that Greek word, that means more than only saving in the sense that it's come to mean in 21st century evangelical America. It is a word that is so much, it means that and so much more. By this gospel, you are rescued and delivered and freed and kept safe from harm and healed and restored and oh so much more. And then there's the gospels, Mm -hmm. which are four accounts of this incredible Mm -hmm. story written by four guys you may have heard of, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They've been handed down to us in the Bible. They are not called biographies, by the way, and they, they, they don't try to tell the whole story of the whole story of the life of Jesus. Rather, they are written witness to the good news that Jesus proclaimed and the good news about Jesus. Yes. And then third, it's the gospel of the kingdom. And You know, since most of us really have no idea what it means to live as a subject in a real monarchy, perhaps a more helpful way to understand the good news of the kingdom of God that Jesus proclaimed to all people would be to call it God's kingdom, you know, kingdom to kingdom. I don't know. Do you know who actually came up with that? That's been kind of going around lately. Love it. Kingdom. The kingdom of God, the incredible good news that in Christ, God was and continues to be restoring and reuniting in love all the relationships that sin has broken, beginning with the relation, our relationship with God, of course, but that idea of kin, of coming back into loving relationship with, beginning with God and then moving out into every relationship that we humans have from there out into the world itself. And remember that Jesus announced this gospel before he died and was resurrected. It's interesting, isn't it? We don't always think about that. He was proclaiming the good news that although human sin had separated us from God and from each other, our sin had never changed God. We changed. God didn't. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is here. Why? Because God hasn't changed. God is still here. God is still coming. God is still inviting. God is still present. God is all, the kingdom of God is with you. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. Because God is and was and will forever be what is at the heart of relationship as it was created to be. Relationship as, as it is experienced in the Trinity. Right? 
God is, was, and is, and will forever be love. Love. And it's that love that was made flesh in Jesus himself. And it is in that love that God reigns and remains involved right, in the lives of his people. And not only his people, all people. And Jesus lived that gospel. Because Jesus was that gospel. Jesus lived that gospel in kinship, not only with those in Israel, but again, we don't often think about this. Jesus crossed boundaries. So in, kin in kinship, not only with those in Israel, but also those in Samaria and in Egypt. We, talked, we saw that last week, right? Joseph has a dream. Take Mary and Jesus and get out of here. And go. And they went to Egypt. And what about Phoenicia, Tyre, and Sidon were there? And also a few Romans in the mix. See, God's reign, this king kingdom, this kingdom of God, this gospel, so much more wonderful than most of them and many of us could ever have expected it to be, right? They just didn't see it coming. And even now, knowing what we know 2,000 years later, sometimes we still don't see it coming. It's not only for a special few. It's for all who will hear this great good news and say yes to its salvation in all of what that means. And then live every day and everywhere in its love, in kinship with God. Our neighbor, ourselves, our enemies, and beyond. So this is the message that Jesus wants all of his disciples to embody, right? That he sent us out. He sent out his original disciples and all of us. This is the message that we're to embody as we go into all the world and preach this gospel to all creation. One more use of the word gospel. Gospel music. Anybody mm -hmm. like gospel music? No, that wasn't the word though. Look, like gospel music. <laughs> gospel without an A or a V or any other qualifier. Gospel simply means good news. We've said this all year long. That's what the Greek word that is translated gospel means, a euangelion. I think I have that up there. If uh, you look at the English version of it underneath, you can almost see the word evangelism in it. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get that word evangelism. Evangelism is telling the good news. Our English word gospel, however, doesn't come from the Greek. It comes from the old Anglo-Saxon word godspell the musical 50 mm -hmm. some years ago, uh, which means good news. It's the same, uh, same idea. So gospel includes the gospel, that uh, small version of it you know, that, that talks specifically about what Jesus did for us. And it includes the gospel of the kingdom, mm -hmm. which Joanne was just talking about here, and includes the gospels um, in which the gospel can be encountered, those books of the Bible. Yes. But it also includes what Paul calls my gospel. Yeah. And what you would experience as your gospel. Yes. Um, or me as my gospel. Mm -hmm. Because the good news of Christ shows up in a million different ways to a million different people. We all encounter this good news in a way that's unique to us. Mm -hmm. And that's why it can become very, very personal. I have my gospel, what I have experienced of the good news of God. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, as we noted last Sunday in our, our Christmas video, did, did you guys watch it? Yes. I know. It was so much fun. We had a lot of fun putting it together. And thanks again to Jeff 
Everybody keeps talking about your dog. Thing I know. I was so happy. Well, it, I wasn't happy at first. I was thinking I should have put her on a leash. But she was just wandering around in here that day and wound, found herself <laughs> her way into the video. Anyway, in that video last week, um, we noted that the Bible goes so far as to say that Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, right? What does it mean? It means that every good thing we've ever experienced, every good gift we've ever received, every good news we've ever heard is ultimately from God. Whether the givers or the receivers of those gifts acknowledge God at all, it's still from God, isn't Because God is... Truly, yes, magnificent, glorious, high and lifted up, but also that baby humble in the manger. Humble Savior, humble God, who's willing and really can't help God's self because this is the love that is God, right? To continue to give and give and give goodness, good gifts, whether we acknowledge it or not. All of that goodness is gospel. Right in the broadest, most universal sense of good news. So the God we've come to know and the God that we've celebrated all year long in 2022 is a good God. In fact, we've suggested again and again that maybe, just maybe, God is unimaginably better than we have ever imagined him to be. And it's not just us saying that. Yep. That idea is thoroughly embedded in Scripture, especially in those passages like the Psalms, where the author has meditated deeply on the character of God. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. Every time I eat chocolate, <laughs> I'm thinking that. God tastes like pizza. And coffee. <laughs> coffee and chocolate. And, okay, all right, I'll like, let that go for now. We've got food in the kitchen. Okay. Sauerkraut. Right. <laughs> or how, <laughs> right. I wonder if somebody brought some because we were joking about that last week. Um, Psalm 107, 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For God is good. For God's steadfast love endures forever. And I love this one. Psalm 119. You are good, and what you do is good. Yes. That's pretty It's that song that we often sing here. It's God's a good, good father. It's a good, good. God is good. Good, good. And everything that our good God does is good. Which means that everything God does or says or offers or in redeems or invites, all, everything, is good news. It's gospel. Which also means there's a whole lot of gospel to enjoy. And that maybe, just maybe, the gospel we already enjoy. And here at Hosanna, I gotta say, we do enjoy a big gospel. A deep gospel. And yet, even here, even that gospel, the, a gospel we already enjoy, is bigger and broader and better than we could ever have known or will ever be able to know in this life. There's always more goodness. So along with the variety of guest speakers this year, which we were blessed with a lot of wonderful um, other voices, we are committed, and we'll continue that, because we're committed to the community of faith, um, the body of Christ, both here and outside here. You need other voices besides ours, and we need to listen 
to other people besides ourselves. So we'll continue, but with our, ourselves and then the guest speakers this year, we spent Sunday after Sunday this past year trying to describe <laughs> this manifold goodness of gospel in all of its glory. So we told you that gospel is true and gospel is hope and gospel is grace and gospel is glorious. And gospel is joy, gospel is love, gospel is repentance, gospel is identity. We said that gospel is also testing and gospel is surrender and gospel is sometimes weeping. Yep. And gospel is also suffering. And gospel is resurrection. Gospel is presence. Gospel is listening. And gospel is speaking. We said the gospel is community. And therefore, gospel is generosity and gratitude. Gospel is faithfulness and promise keeping. Gospel is living and speaking truthfully. Yep. Gospel is formation. Gospel is giving and receiving forgiveness. Gospel is serving and being served. In other words, gospel is church. Gospel is survival manual. Mm -hmm. Gospel is abundance. Gospel is blessing. Gospel is conversation. And gospel is cherishing. Gospel is fullness. Gospel is wisdom. And then in this, very, this last long series, gospel is discipleship. And then despite thousands of words and images and songs and videos, <laughs> as Joanne said, we realize we're only scratching the surface of all the gospel means. So we finish the year with the reminder that gospel is mystery. mystery. And it's particularly the mystery of God's great, enduring, unending love for all of us, no exceptions. See, God may not like us all the time, <laughs> but God loves us all the time. And that means that there are still things this, th about gospel that are hidden because that's the idea of mystery, as we said, not like Agatha Christie or other things that need to be solved. This a mystery spiritually or theologically is something we can't possibly solve with our human minds. This has, that our minds can't even begin to comprehend. This is what must be revealed. So there are still things and always will be this side of heaven. And who knows, maybe in heaven too, maybe we'll just all sit around for a couple of eons and just marvel at everything that we couldn't know with our human minds. But still, there are and still... And eat pizza and drink coffee. And, 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 and eat chocolate, yes. <laughs> um, but there are still things then about the gospel that are hidden, that are yet to be revealed, that are yet to be understood, yet to be experienced for those who will love and follow you know, the Christ child from the manger into the messy wonder of this life on earth and then right on into the wonder-filled mystery of the life to come. So, mm -hmm. whenever you hear anyone present gospel in a way that doesn't sound as good as all of that, if it sounds like bad news, if it describes God in a way that is not good and is not true, offer them a better gospel. Yeah which is, by the way, a biblical gospel. Mm -hmm. Everything we're saying here has been derived from, from Scripture. Yeah. Um, just a little editorial comment. I don't know. This is something that God has, over the last number of years, if you've been here listening to me preach for any length of time, you've heard over the years, I've gotten, this is one of my great passions in life. 
I think that often what the church has been presenting to the world in our generation is not the goodness of the gospel. And there's a reason that so many people, I think so many people are rejecting church and rejecting God and rejecting God because they haven't heard gospel yet. Mm -hmm. They haven't heard really the good news yet. They haven't heard the gospel of the kingdom. They don't know how good Jesus is. Yeah, it's the difference between bad religion and good gospel. Yes. Right? And there, can I just say this because it's popping into my head? Religion, I know there's people say I'm spiritual, not religious, and it, it's all based on what Tony's saying. It's coming out of, and we don't have a lot of words to talk about that. But the word religion comes from a Latin word, religare, right? Re ligament. Like ligare is like the ligaments, it's what holds things together. In our body, ligaments hold the bones together the foundation on which everything else rests. See, religion is meant to re-ligament, join together. How we know bad religion from good religion is that good religion brings things together in love, in Christ, in this goodness of this gospel. Bad religion does this. It separates people, it it makes different classes, you're in or out, you know, all of that. So maybe that's helpful in our discernment as we, because the conversation's gonna continue. Um, I just heard some statistics the other day, but I won't take us into statistics to say, those who are identifying as Christian continue to decline. They'll say they believe in God. They even like Jesus but we're not doing a good job of explaining to them the difference between a human system of religion and the living, breathing body of Christ that does this. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. Some of the versions of what is supposed to be gospel that I hear out there, I wouldn't buy into it. I hear some people sometimes, I get to have these conversations. People say, I, I, I don't want that. And I, I wouldn't, I don't blame you. I don't either. It's, and it's so reminiscent yeah. of the conversations that Jesus had with the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees proclaimed to know God, but everything they had to say was really bad news about God. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, it's the year of Jubilee. God is on your side. God is for yes. you. Come and participate with him. It didn't mean that there didn't have to be change. But it was an invitation to change that was rooted in love. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I think God is saying the same thing to us in 2023. Yes. Let this be another year of jubilee. Let us hear the good news again. Anyway, that's, yes. that was a couple lines in our notes here. But that's, that was the reason for last year's theme. Mm-hmm. So at least we, in our small little community here, um, can know more fully what gospel is and live in it and smell about it. Yes. So I said, if you hear it, it sounds like bad news. Um, offer them a better gospel. If you hear somebody talk about the gospel as a small package of good news, affirm the truth of what they're saying. It's true. But also remind them that gospel is bigger and more glorious than any box we can put it into. Yes. Yes. And then invite them and yourself to remember also that uh, gospel, to quote Forrest Gump, or to paraphrase (laughs) him, gospel is as gospel does. That talking about gospel doesn't change anyone or anything. It's living like it's true, which is another reason that so many people got turned off at church because they see us talking whatever gospel it is, and then they see a bunch of celebrities, at least, who are not living like it's true. Right. 
Sometimes they see us ordinary Christians not living like it's true. And so the invitation is to live as if this good news is really there and let it transform us. Yeah, like Forrest Gump. So that we Gump, look like gospel. Like you're, gonna, you're talking about Forrest Gump. Well, see, he knew it, that life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> That's the theme. That's the theme today, chocolate. Okay. Life. So that's our summary. That's our review of 2022. And next week, we're going to talk about how we can walk into the future that 2023 offers us, invites us to. Um, we're remembering, though, when we, as we're walking into 2023, we're, gonna, we're walking in with the experiences of gospel that are deeply planted in our newly opened hearts or our more deeply opened hearts. We're walking into 2023 with the truth of gospel firmly rooted in our renewed minds. And we're walking into 2023 with the deeds of gospel, the acts, always generously present in the work of our hands, or at least able to always be present in the work of our hands as we continue to choose good news and live it out, out loud in front of everyone. Today, though, we want to invite your voices to speak about gospel as you've experienced it. Like Tony was saying early, your gospel. Um, how, you know, how has it been planted and grown in your hearts? How has it been more fully understood in your heads? <laughs> how has that impacted your lives and the actions of your hands as a result? And listen, it may be just this year, because we've been delving so deeply into it. But it's been gospel and goodness over the entirety of your lifetime, right? So feel free to just dip in and delve uh, and share from the fullness of gospel in your life, throughout your lifetime. In other words, we'd love to hear some gospel about gospel from you. Um, and, you know, this isn't Q&A this time around. You, we don't have our stools to sit on, but I'm thinking we'll probably engage in some kind of wonderful conversation. You're always welcome to ask questions here, always. We don't promise we have answers, but if you would like to ask a question, that's fine. But was I, oh, um, okay, sorry, I forgot something. <laughs> This is what it, some churches would call testimony time. This isn't where you just talk about yourself necessarily, but of course it's your life, so you'll need to talk about yourself. But it's how we're invited to encourage one another with the gospel that as we've been experiencing it, living it, and um, acting upon it. If we were in a black church this morning, they'd be saying, can I get a witness? <laughs> so we're going to see if we can get a witness or two yes. here to, to talk. Okay, now this is not just for those in the building. This is for those of you online. And we were really curious to see how many people would show up today on New Year's Day, day on a Sunday. And so my theory coming into this, this weekend was that we would know who the real partiers are. <laughs> <laughs> if you were here... You probably got to bed early last night. If you're online, we know what you were doing. 
Um, Jeff has opened up the comments on YouTube yeah. um, so that uh, if you have stuff you want to share, it'll take you a little bit longer. So start typing now, uh, but we'll interrupt <laughs> and want to hear if there's comments on there as well. So mm -hmm. here are some questions to prompt your thinking, and then we'll have a microphone to pass around. How have you experienced good news personally mm -hmm. this year or in your lifetime? But what yes. has God done for you that you didn't expect and you're still testifying to? I'm going to give a witness. God really came through for me. Maybe some of this can be derived from the prayer cards from last year, which uh, were returned to us this past week. So if you filled one out last January, we tend to do that the first Sunday of the year. And you got one, you got yours back, and there was something in there that you want to say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Here's your chance. Secondly, however, it's not just what God has done. How have you been changed as a result? What's different about you on January 1, 2023? Yeah. It wasn't true on January 1, 2022. Isn't that a great question? Mm -hmm. What's different? Mm -hmm. We'll assume that there's something good in there. And then how has your understanding of God changed? Or your mm -hmm. understanding of what God is offering you. We keep saying that God is bigger and better than we've imagined. How has maybe your imagination and your understanding of God grown through this process? Mm -hmm. And finally, if you want to get real personal, you can say, this is my gospel. What is your gospel? Like Paul said, do you have one that you would be willing and able to share the good news that you wish others could know and embrace? Yeah. Much like Paul wrote to the Corinthians and the Philippians and the, uh, and the, and the others with his gospel. Okay, you can go beyond that, but that's the basic invitation. Mm -hmm. And now, after a half hour, we'll shut up and Rayella will talk. Yes. We got a Happy microphone coming to you. I don't need it. Yeah, you yes. do for those online. Oh, I'm going to blow everybody out of the building now with this. Oh, excellent. Thing. See, Jeff is so smart. He always <laughs> outsmarts me, and I will not have that as my resolution. I will not be smarter than Jeff. So I won't even try. <laughs> I just honor all everything he does for us, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm alive again. I changed my license plate. You know, what do they call those personalized license plates you can do? They, that's it. And I'm so vanity plate. That's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, vanity plates to Alive 5. Why? Because I want everyone to know that Jesus saved me from death. Five different incidents. And everybody in the church knows that I was unconscious for two weeks, run over by a tow truck um, in 2003, and unable to, to walk or talk for many weeks. Seven doctors, not one, said I would not make it through. Okay, here I am, guys. How many years later? And last night, I thought it was the end of my life as well. Driving in the fog. You smart people stayed home, huh? I had plans to go see a group play. And it was up in Hollywood Casino, Grantville. And the Siri director, the little thing on your car that tells you how to go, took us on all these back roads, and you could not see five feet in front of you. I said, you know what I did to comfort myself? I wasn't driving. I thought, you know what? I'm ready to go. Alive five, I've had enough survivals. Take me. That's the only way I could be at peace. Huh. And of course, praying for God's protection. Here I am to stand. We made it, not only with this reckless driver, unfortunately, doesn't drink, so that's good, but not only with this reckless driver, but I've surrendered to God. Faith and gospel surrender. I made it peacefully, had a great time, in spite of not knowing what was coming around the next turn or where we were going. Band was great. We celebrated the new year. I was up at 2 a.m., 2 and here I am, people. <laughs> um, so Alive 5 shows that it's worth living with God, and I gave this friend who was driving another chance in my life who has a, has a problem that often doesn't, often impo imposes on our relationship because of the 
sleeping disorder. So I said, no, no, Lord, this is his problem. I'll give him another chance. So I was nervous that I'd even get to go. Well, I was early. He was early. That's another thing that God, as in the video, it showed how you forgive somebody for their errors and how God works this out. And my faith has to go up here, not out here. I keep putting my faith in who I'm hanging with. Uh-uh, uh-uh. uh-huh. It's got to go straight up. Uh-huh. So I'm alive six. There's my new vanity plate. I'm not going to change it, but now you guys know I'm alive six. I survived last night. Yeah. <laughs> Live to tell about it. <laughs> Thanks, Rayella. <laughs> I don't have to stand up, do I? Um, most of you know most of my story. Um, I came to know Christ as, as a personal friend 40 years ago. In that time, in the 40 years, we've gone through many challenges, challenges with children, a son in particular, um, health challenges, both my husband and I, we both had to change career courses mm-hmm. in our 40s, which impacted our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest one <clears throat> for me was I didn't grow up in a safe environment as a child. And when Jay and I decided to have children, That was our priority, that our children would always be safe, always. And I've seen God work out. My oldest child now is 45, and I have grandchildren, and they don't know what it's like to be afraid either. So I've seen that happen. Last year, I had a dream, and in the dream, someone, God, I guess, dressed as a doctor, was trying to implant things into me. And like always, I argue and said, no, no, I don't want this. I don't know what you're doing. I don't have a uterus. I can't grow a baby. This was all in the dream. (laughs) Finally, it occurred to me that it was fruit. The seeds were being planted of the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. And I've learned to recognize through the years that The fruit has always been there, but I haven't always cultivated it the way I should. Mm -hmm. So this year, God showed me ways that I have and that I'm infinitely patient and I'm not afraid anymore of anything. I trust the challenges that come our way. I trust my son being in a coma for 15 days, being told he wasn't going to walk or talk or eat again either. And he's up late last night, so he's home in his pajamas. (laughs) But the one thing that came to me a few months ago about this fruit is if we don't use it and we don't harvest Mm -hmm. it, it falls to the ground. But then God in his faithfulness starts over with the Uh seeds. Uh It's like rotten fruit will go into the ground and the seeds will grow again. So it was encouraging to me to, even though there's times that I didn't cultivate the fruit the way I should have, there's always, God loves us so much. Yeah. It's not a one-time chance and done. It's a continual renewing and implanting of seeds in our life. Yeah, that's that word, that's good. This was the time. Yeah, and also the, the, the reminder, as you're saying that, it's so, such gospel 
that nothing's wasted. Nothing in our lives is wasted. Even the worst things, like you're saying, can become fertilizer for whatever it is that God continues to cultivate and grow in us, right? Yeah. I'm looking out here at you all, the ones of you that I can see, can't see the ones online, and I know some of you have had just a really tough year, and I'd, I'd love to hear where gospel has been buried in the toughness, if you feel comfortable sharing that as well. Catherine, do you have the mic? Yeah, that's probably a good segue for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, some of you know, because I submit prayer requests frequently, uh, my son suffers from severe addiction. And um, this past year has been difficult. Uh, there have been good days and bad days. Um, my husband and I joined a support group. Um, it's called PAL, Parents of Addicted Loved Ones. And um, through that support group, we usually read a preamble every uh, meeting. And the last paragraph in that preamble talks about experiencing joy mm. in the midst of the struggle. Yeah. And I, you know, rejected that <laughs> for a long time because I thought, how can someone experience joy when they are suffering so yeah. deeply? Yep. And, you know, I talked about that in the group a lot, you know, I, you know, and they actually said, well, maybe we should say peace or something like that. But anyways, um, throughout this year, one of the things I started doing was at night at, before I go to bed, I get down on my knees and I'm grateful. I just talk to God about how grateful I am mm -hmm. for things that happen during the day. And, you know, we overlook so many of the little things. Yeah. I realized I looked over so many of the little things that, of God's blessings when I didn't look over my day and recognize them. Yeah. You just kind of skim over them and you forget about them. And I realized God's goodness to me by doing that. And, um, and I slowly started experiencing this joy that I thought was impossible for me in the midst of my suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I think we just got a witness. Yes. It is possible. Yes. It is possible. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. The introverts always need extra time to think about what to say. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, last night I was one of the people out on the corner of uh, James and Street and Lancaster Avenue at midnight. Um, lots of uh, friends and uh, family, as well as um, 12 college students and friends who were sharing the big house next to us. And I was taken aback and but challenged when a couple different people asked me if I had anything to add, anything to say about the next year. Huh. And I said, well, I've thought a little bit about it, but um, here it goes. And so I'm gonna share that this morning. Um, two different things. One is that we have the opportunity to make use of, I'm gonna call it a reset in our um, in our social discourse, some of the uh, characters, some of the, the p 
people who have had a lot of input over the past five years, even longer, uh, don't have as strong a voice. And I think that is time mm. for those of us who are living out of Christ's yes. Christ life need to speak up appropriately, mm -hmm. uh, inviting, not judging, yeah. uh, not being snarky. Yes. Uh, there's a song I recall from years when I was an infant, you know, a child. Angry words, not let them be. Don't come out of one's voice. Yeah. Well, also, don't let the snarky words come out. That There is very little invitation in snarkiness. Mm -hmm. On a, a, a broader uh, understanding of, of how to live into the new year, um, I am using the word syncopation and symbiotic uh, more and um, I think we have the invitation um, to live into the gospel by uh, trying to understand how my thoughts, my ideas, uh, my songs, my prayers are synchronized with the loving spirit of our creator. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that can be manifested um, both in our attitude and whether we uh, live out of an invitation or judgment, uh, but also just in terms of how we think about our day and plan ahead. Are there ideas, mm -hmm. are there initiatives that we are invited to by God's spirit? And some of those things maybe should take priority over my habits or yeah. um, mm -hmm. things that I do without much thought. Anyway, just wanting to share that. I, um, I know that what I'm saying here really applies to me. <laughs> and uh, I would love to have conversation with uh, people uh, about how I can live into uh, what I've been understanding. Mm -hmm. And I uh, would be happy to talk with others also. Uh, about how uh, you are feeling and looking into the new year. How can mm -hmm. we, how can I, how can we together uh, be good news that yes. we've been yes. hearing and talking about this past year? Yeah. I yeah. love the idea of syncopation. Yeah. Syncopation with the spirit. Yes. 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 Let's dance along and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thanks, Mark. April. I didn't want to make him get up. <laughs> um, uh, needless to say, the last few years have been very painful for me. But um, I think one of you guys said at one point, don't waste the pain. And I've been working through a lot and hopefully not wasting the pain and growing. And, um, you know, the last few years I've learned a ton of things, practical, impractical, you know, all those things. And I feel that um, this year I've been praying a lot the past few months, and I feel like 2023 is a, going to be a year of new beginnings for me. 
I feel um, fresh starts in many areas of my life mm -hmm. coming. And, um, you know, I feel that um, although things have been difficult, um, the Lord's really been with me every step of the way. And I'm grateful for my church family, my friends, people that have been there for me through the, the difficult times. And I, I feel like I'm coming out of, back out of my shell, like I went into yeah. my shell and I'm coming back out of my shell again yeah, and yeah. feeling better, starting to feel joy and not guilt when I feel joy. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I, you know, for a long time I was like, well, I feel guilty if I'm happy, you know, be, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Just feeling that it's okay. And so, um, so anyway, that's kind of where God's been with me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, April. Thanks, April. That's awesome. Yeah, the good news that comes with mourning well. I with accepting what we can't change, right? And then to see that, yeah, we do. There is a time of being kind of set apart with God during great losses, but it's so beautiful to hear, because you did stay with it, and we're witnesses to you. And that is gospel. This is part of your gospel, is in the midst of loss and mourning, you, you honored the process, right? You didn't waste the pain. It's beautiful. So that's, and that's encouraging. Yeah. I just, I just want to follow up. <laughs> with that as of the message on joy um, I have started practicing welcoming joy and Joanne I had never ever in all my life heard of it being a spiritual practice yeah. but you uh, actually never never heard that and I just my heart leaped at it and so you know like yesterday, I wasn't feeling very much joy, so I didn't have much opportunity to welcome it. But Wednesday, when I went for a walk, I was just exploding. And I'm like, oh my God, I can feel this in my body, and I'm supposed to actually let myself fill up on it. <laughs> yes. So I just love that we're encouraged so much here to, when we're not feeling it, to like, you know, Oh, okay. So I don't feel it today. It's okay. no, not a big deal, but um, I'm looking forward to 2023 being um, a year where, because I'm um, growing my capacity for it by not being guilty when I feel it, <laughs> that um, I will now move into a whole lot more joy and being able to know that being made in God's image and likeness, that God's a joyful God, and obviously. God's deeply sorrowful because of all the pain. Yeah. But therefore, I have that capacity because I have been made, and I just haven't developed the, the, the joy part. I'm pretty good at the sorrow part. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, is there something you can say because your theology is shifting along with these experiences, and that's been longer than this year, of course, but what... In order for you to be able to welcome the joy and to practice joy as a spiritual gift, is there something that's shifting in your experience of God or your understanding of God that's more gospel? Well, it's taken a long, long time, yeah. but the hugest piece that had to shift 
and has been shifted, but um, you know, still. Anyway, was the whole uh, the way I was brought up to believe about hell? Uh, How could I possibly? I was just sharing that with uh, with somebody that I that I'm journeying with. How could I possibly really be joyful when I have five children? Right. And now five grandchildren that are more precious to me than my life. Yeah. And I don't see them um, binding Jesus like I know Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. so in the past, yeah. you know, the thought that maybe they're going to go to hell just kept me locked down. And um, now, yeah. <laughs> just knowing God's good, goodness... And God's love, that there is no way that if I created God's image and likeness, can't bear that. Well, how could God? Yes. So I'm going to leave that mystery yes. to God. It's a mystery. And yeah. just know with every fiber of my being that God's goodness is so great. Yeah. That, you know, I don't worry about that anymore. So that, yeah. that's been very huge for me. Yeah. To be able to let that go. And then, because when you do suffer along with your beloved others, mm-hmm. of course you do, um, something that a friend shared with me this week is very powerful for me, just that I can every day release to God who is within each of my beloved others. Mm-hmm. And I know how God's managing my life with love. I can... Let God manage. God, God is within them as yeah. well. Somehow God's working everything together that, for good. But that God is actually in them, and, yeah. and, and yeah. I can. That that's been very relieving to me. That in fact, that's one reason I was having so much exploding joy on Wednesday. <laughs> that's the day the person <laughs> said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kathy. One of the um, episodes in the Christmas story that really jumped out of me this year was one that perhaps the mothers in the room understand better than I did. But it's, it's when Mary comes to visit Elizabeth and little fetus John inside of Elizabeth leaps for joy because he senses the presence of little fetus Jesus <laughs> somehow. You know? And I, I would like to be the person who is sensitive to the presence of Jesus and is leaping for joy when I, when I sense that presence. Yeah. Mary. So. Maybe one more because, of course, we've got our prayer cards for this year to fill out. We'll auction one, this one off. Okay. Right John. John, you get it for the low, low price of. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark helped me to remember something that, that I was thinking about a while ago this, this, this year. And it, it was off of a comment that you made, Tony, at the, in, in uh-uh. Sunday school. Uh-oh. Something about just always finding the right words is a hard thing to do or you know, and then that you're a person of words, but that sometimes is hard. And I'm not a person of words. It doesn't come quite as easily. But um, I was remembering this Bible verse that, um, that we were to memorize when I was a kid. And it was from Proverbs. And it went something like, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. And I didn't quite understand that whole metaphor of, apples of gold in pitchers of silver and I looked it up in the message and it was a little better but I don't remember now what that said <laughs> but um, anyway that that's something 
what Mark was talking about that, that I've been thinking more about because I struggle sometimes with getting the right word or somebody's name or whatever it is, but that maybe finding the right word at the right time is, is the real challenge. Um, so we'll see how this, how this works out in the new year. <laughs> Do you know what the message version of Apples of Gold? I don't, but <clears throat> I would imagine it has something to do with good tasting pizza in a, in a box. And <laughs> I, I've milked that joke enough today. Um, better than we can imagine. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. But I also would suggest, John, that um, or at least my own experience is I used to put, myself, put my, on myself a terrible obligation or burden to find that right word and struggle and, and consider myself a failure when I screwed it up. And I realized after a while, what does, what does um, uh, God say in the Deuteronomy, the word is, is, is within you? Mm -hmm. That what mm -hmm. I need when it's really needed is within me and it's not entirely dependent upon me to get the exact yeah. to say it exactly right. And if any of you feel the same way sometimes, yeah, I'd tell more people about the good news, but I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to describe it. It's not really dependent upon you. Uh, Luke chapter 11, I believe it is, that Jesus says to his disciples, uh, if they, you know, if he's talking about being called before in courts to defend themselves or whatever, but don't worry, what you need to say will be given to you in that mm -hmm. moment. And I've learned to trust in that a little bit, that the gospel embedded in me will come out mm -hmm. even if I screw up the wording. Yeah, and actually, we don't have to pre-think it or rehearse it at all. You know, gospel presentations and all of that are fine, but we don't have to because for that very thing. The word will want to be spoken, right? And all we have to do is have just a thought or some one word that we just say it, and the rest will come as you're speaking. It, and it, it is a trust walk. It's a tr and for me, holy cow, you talk about wanting to craft everything. I'm a writer by heart. I'm not a speaker by heart. And so this, this year, I'll segue into the, the, the prayer cards this way, but just by saying testimony time for me, I am, and I think it's the Holy Spirit, there is nothing in me that wants to sit and craft anymore, craft words. We do... Do th we, we need to because we've got to be, we're offering something to you that we just don't want to be unthought through and we check our words and Greek and all of that. But like for right now, I'm ha I have a hard time anymore staying on notes. I'm using them more like an outline because what I'm experiencing is when the word of life comes or the words that are the spirit it feels like a fullness that rises up and wants to be said, and all I need to do is offer my mouth. And that's why I can wander around a little bit, but it comes out, and it comes out with life. Because, you know, sometimes pre, too much pre-planning about what we're going to say, language is, to me, is like a container. Words are like containers for life or not, or whatever, like you were talking about snarkiness. It's all dressed up anger, that's all it is. But the words themselves, it's like, what are they filled with? And so often they're empty because they've been drained out of all the life because they've been rehearsed so much. 
So what's spoken in the moment, the words go out and break open, and what you're trying to say is what they get. What the spirit wants their heart to know is what they get. And it doesn't matter. They're not gonna necessarily remember the exact words you said. So yeah, there's a lot of encouragement in that, a lot. And I'm giving testimony, I'm doing that more and more often. It's fun sometimes to hear people tell me, you said this in your message and it was really meaningful to me. And I know I did not say that. Yes, it happens all the time. I've got the notes, I know. But they heard that from God and it was really meaningful to them. And they wanna give me credit for it, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, thank you. Thank you all for the, what a way to start a new year. Thank you for everything you shared. And for those of you who didn't share, for whatever reason, that's okay too. We're grateful for all that you might have said had you just started. And maybe next time we'll have introvert sharing time. Okay. Um, but for now, let's look forward to the year ahead. Um, we'll turn away, not turn away from, but we're going to shift our focus from gospel to a new theme that you'll hear about next, next week. Um, and we're gonna wonder the same things that we've been carrying with us through 2022. We're gonna wonder about those same things and we're gonna carry this goodness and just say to God, what is it that you're up to for the next 365 days? So one way that we can do this is to like pray into, in hope, Pray in hope into 2023. And one way we do that here is annually, and I don't even know how many decades we've been doing this, is if you would like to um, create a, a prayer card for the coming year, I'm gonna invite the ushers to come um, with those cards, Deb. Is that what we're doing with them? Oh, they already did it. Thank you, ushers. So the invitation is now open up that envelope, pull out the card that's in. Is there a pencil or something to write with in there too. Yeah, there usually is. So take the contents of that envelope out and we're gonna give you just, just a few moments to just consider as you look forward, what are the deepest desires of your heart? You know, Ignatius of Loyola says that whatever the, deep, what, the deepest desire within us that we can be aware of in any moment is our deepest prayer because the Holy Spirit is within us, interceding, groaning, ah, with groans too deep for words, wordlessly. If we can get in touch with what are you longing for most deeply? What, or you know, it, maybe there's a very practical need that you have, um, a relational situation or circumstance. Whatever it is for you, just take a few moments, write down one or more of those prayers for the coming year on your card and then put the card back in the envelope, seal it, and write your name and address on the front of the envelope when you're finished so that this time, or what, November-ish, next year, you know, the cards will come back to you as a, a reminder and an opportunity to reflect. All right, so we'll just give you a few moments to do that if you'd like to participate.
Are you collecting? Yeah, I think we're at least the first round. Go ahead and collect. We can put the buckets in the back for anyone who um, wants a little more time to finish up and just drop them on your way off. So. Recognizing that it is 11 o'clock. Again, take your time if you want more time on oh. that. Let's, uh, let's close with a blessing. And we've been doing, through our last series, we've been doing a blessing pretty much ever at the end of every service drawn from the poet Jan Richardson. And so we got another one from her. It's about the blessing that we call gospel. She calls it the blessing, blessing the threshold. The threshold, of course, is the entrance. So here we are at the threshold into this new year. And let's see what blessing is waiting for us in this new year, this gospel. This blessing has been waiting for you for a long time. Oh, I can sorry. Keep going. Joanne's still working See on the part. See what I mean? <laughs> okay, so this blessing has this... been waiting for you for a long time. While you have been making your way here, this blessing has been gathering itself, making ready, biding its time, praying. This blessing has been polishing the door, oiling the hinges, <laughs> sweeping the steps, lighting candles in the windows. This blessing has been setting the table as it hums a tune from an old song it knows, something about a spiraling road and bread and grace. And all this time it has kept an eye on the horizon, watching, keeping vigil, hardly aware of how it was leaning itself in your direction. And now that you are here, this blessing can hardly believe its good fortune that you have finally arrived that it can drop everything at last to fling its arms wide to you, crying, welcome, welcome, welcome. Right? Welcome to 2023. So be blessed today and all this coming year by your welcome of gospel and by gospel's welcome of you. Happy Amen. New Year. Happy New Year. And food, Deb, do we have instructions? Okay. Go, go to that room and eat. Yes, <laughs> and get food ready. What it's I'm almost do. time for the potluck. I've got a crock pot to take care of. Yes, thank you all. Thank you all. We're so grateful for you.